It was tight, but he was right. How have you pulled up, Laurie? Feeling fresh and ready to go into an <laughs> off-season. It was, uh, was some kind of game. It was a... It was a great scene down at the uh, at the Sporting Globe in Sydney where I was at. Uh, we had a live stream show in the morning and and enjoyed um, a very raucous crowd, a, a partisan crowd. Uh, I think more Eagles fans than mm. than Chiefs fans, but you know, there's always been a there's been a strong Eagles presence in Australia for quite some time. I don't know that, whether that's so many Eagles-based teams in Australia that people kind of tended towards, or there's been there's been a consistent you know Australian presence, particularly in the punting ranks throughout the Eagles um, for a long time, and they were all, have also just been quite a successful franchise even before the Super Bowl breakthrough five years ago. This was a consistent winning franchise back when it was Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens back in the day, Brian Westbrook those years. Consistently a pretty competitive and, and, and feisty franchise, so it was a good time there, but yeah, it was a one hell of a contest, I think, for, for 58 minutes. It was arguably the best Super Bowl I've ever watched in my life, and whilst the technical... Uh, the technicality and the absolute textbook ruling of the f the penalty at the end there was, if you really want to go down that fine-tuned road, it was correct. It's, uh, in my view, something can be technically a penalty and not need to be a, a flag thrown. Those two things can be true in the same instance. So that one will be something that's be will be talked about going forward. But some contest between two teams at their peak, just throwing haymakers at each other for, for the best part of an hour of gameplay and three hours of our time. Laurie, the incident you talk about is James Bradbury mm -hmm. and called for that holding on Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm -hmm. both, both men were asked about the incident at the completion of the Super Bowl. Bradbury said, look, I did... Yep. I did make contact. I did grab him. He said, but I was hoping that the officials didn't think it was enough to to warrant what was what happened. And and Smith Schuster said post game. He said, yeah, hundred percent. He said Bradbury's a good player, but the call has got to be called now. He's always going to say that. You would think. Yeah, I mean, not a surprise to hear Juju say that. And and the, I think more impressive is and more important is what James Bradbury had to say. That type of hold. So there's there's a couple of different types of penalties that occur in the NFL. And I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with it, but after a pass is thrown, if the ball's already in the air and the defender makes illegal contact with the receiver, um, that's pass interference. So that's when you hear, like, pass interference, it's a spot foul, it's where the foul happened, it's 50 yards downfield, and people are going, oh, my God, it's 50 yards. This is such a game-turning moment. Defensive holding um, in that instance happens before the pass is released. Um, so people saying, oh, the ball was so far over, you know, it was so far away from Juju Smith-Schuster, how did it even matter? It's because the flag, the penalty, the infringement supposedly happens before the ball's released. That grabbing or that placing a hand on that hip pocket is something that refs are going to look at. They're all, the, the, the guys in the black and white, guys and girls in the black and white, I should say, have always got their eyes trained on that area in the defensive backfield. Look, by the letter of the law, and you could freeze frame it in different ways, and on one angle, it doesn't even look like he tugged it. And on the other angle, you can see the pull of the jersey and an extension away from the body. Look, by the letter of the law, it is a it, it was a penalty, and, and, you know, Bradbury saying that himself, and I think that's a mature way to look at it. I don't think it's good for a locker room going forward to opt for ref blaming and saltiness. Um, I think we've seen that in recent weeks. I think, you know, some of the comments from the San Francisco 49ers, as unjust as they felt from injury standpoint, it was how their NFC title game came down. Seen it in recent seasons with the Dallas Cowboys, a team that really pointed really strong, strong and blatant fingers at the referees for how 
their matches had come down. I don't think that's healthy and I don't think it allows you to move forward. I give credit to Bradby and Nick Sirianni, who is a very, very feisty character and has had his moments this year. We go, oh, he's a very good coach, but they have moments on the mic or moments on the side and we go, that's a little bit cringe. I give full credit to him for standing up at the podium and saying, hey, you know, uh, this game isn't about one call. Yes, it happened late. You know, we ran, the Kansas City Chiefs ran 53 plays. The Philadelphia Eagles ran 70 plays. It's not just down to one call. You can look throughout the game. You know, there was a, a penalty, a false start penalty against the, or sorry, a, a defensive encroachment penalty against the Chiefs defensive line that gave the Philadelphia Eagles a fresh set of downs on third down. When in actuality, it was a Chiefs, it was a, an Eagles offensive lineman that moved first. It should have been a five-yard penalty the other way. There were two very tight catch, um, a catch fumble or catching completion decisions. One to Dallas got it near the sideline. And Nick Bolton, when he looked like he'd scored his second defensive touchdown of the day on a catch fumble that was ruled an incompletion that both went the Eagles' way. You can go into the magnifying glass on every single play and try and find something. I think what you need to look at, though, is that we just don't want to be talking about referees at the end of this game. This was... People talk about the, the comeback that the Patriots had against the Falcons as the greatest Super Bowl I, they've ever seen. And I disagree because that was kind of two um, A-double dollar sign kickings in one game. You know, the Falcons laid it on in the first half and the Patriots laid it on in the second half. This was back and forth throughout this contest. Mm. It was the best Super Bowl contest I'd seen. And it's just a shame that whilst the Chiefs had put themselves in winning position or put themselves in a position to go up, say, with 90 seconds left by kicking a field goal, have that flag not been thrown and, and still be the more winning position team, you just would have liked to see Jalen Hurts and that offense have a chance to respond. They didn't. Um, yes, it was technically right, but we shouldn't be talking about it. And I think for Aussie fans that just tune in for one game, think about the Bledisloe Cup this year. Um, that phenomenal contest we saw between the All Blacks and the Wallabies that was decided by a ref, uh, you know, making a time-wasting call in the final, you know, the final exchanges of that game. We come away from an absolute classic, not talking about the football product on the field, going, you know what? Really wish I wasn't talking about a whistleblower right now. What we should be talking about, I think, is the game awareness by running back Jerick McKinnon, who had the uh, uh, now not to score a touchdown there in that final play. If that had been me and they were letting me go, I would have forgotten, lost my head completely, and I would have been over the line, Laurie. I, uh, I can confirm that I did get one very, very disgruntled uh, text message from a friend whose final leg of his same game multi <laughs> was no a Jerry and touchdown, and it was at some very hefty odds. I will not name him and shame him um, out of respect for our friendship, but it was indeed, I think it was about an eight-leg multi, and that was oh, the last no. leg. Of the no way. It oh. was indeed. So, um, and I think it was, I think his multi had tallied out at something like uh, 65 to one odds. So, yeah, great game awareness. We've seen, look, there's, in the regular season, you see, uh, you know, fantasy football enthusiasts bemoaning when their running backs take a knee down near the goal line to waste clock instead of just, no, go over score. I need six points to win my fantasy matchup. <laughs> but it was great awareness there. And what I do want to talk about, we spent some time talking about the officials, but these two quarterbacks, we talked ahead of the game that this was a historic moment with two black quarterbacks facing off in the Super Bowl for the first time. The showing that they put on. Jalen Hurts is the best game I've ever seen him played. I've been critical of him at times. I thought some of the balls that he completed and some of the ones, some of the passes that he attempted that were narrow misses, drops, or incredible plays by the defense, particularly when under pressure or when that Chiefs defense sent the ex sent the blitz, you send extra defenders after the quarterback. Some of the accuracy he operated with, some of the innovation and creativity in periods where the numbers have shown and the tape has shown that hasn't been where he's thrived. I thought it was incredibly impressive yesterday. And if we 
as the Eagles go into the offseason having the conversation of, is it time to pay Jalen Hurts? I think they should be feel very comfortable that the man and the character and the leader that he is, that's never been in question, and it hasn't been in question since he was in high school and college. But his play and his work ethic has tapped into a ceiling that a lot of people and a lot of people that scouted him before the draft, coming into the draft, including myself, mind you, I am far from an NFL scout, but someone who's, who watched his play and had a look, you, you didn't think that that ceiling could necessarily be um, activated. He's worked hard and his work ethic is a testament to that, as the Eagles have by surrounding and putting him in a platform where he can grow and can develop good habits. Um, and then for Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that, that second half, you know, to be in a game where the Eagles dominate time of possession and go up by two scores, it's 34, 36 minutes to 24 minutes time of possession. That's a game script for the Eagles to win. This was the, I have it here in front of me, the Chiefs time possession versus the Eagles was the second lowest by a winning team in Super Bowl history. Interestingly enough, the, the, the lowest was the 99 Rams, the greatest show on turf, also a very prolific and creative offense led by Kurt Warner. The their ability to maintain composure, Patrick Mahomes to deliver in the second half, to play basically perfect football in the second half, 13 out of 14 passes completed, with the one incompletion being a throwaway, 126 total yards, four straight scoring drives. The Eagles' defence that was much hyped about, much talked about, perhaps a very good defence, perhaps a touch overrated in some areas, conceded, could not stop them, four straight scoring drives in the second half. I mean, this was... This was a superb performance by the best player in football, by the best quarterback in football, who with two Super Bowl rings and two MVPs and two Super Bowl MVPs, even though I think Nick Bolton deserved an honourable mention for this second one, has thrust himself into that conversation with the Bradys and the Montanas of the world. This man is absolutely now, now and on trajectory to even increase his case in that conversation as the greatest of all time. Laurie, we are done and dusted for another season got to thank you for all the work you do for us throughout the year it's always a privilege to have you on you know your subject inside out unfortunately we're out of time we've got to go to racing hq but thanks again laurie we'll have you on board for next season always a pleasure a highlight of my, my week joining you guys and look forward to talking soon